Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. So today, uh, we're going to learn how to really set ourselves up and to posture ourselves to end 2020 strong. Come on, we're in that weird week of the year from Christmas to New Year's. It's, it's like obliterated from our memory. What, what, hap- what do we do? What happens this week? The holidays are over. The new year hasn't started yet. Uh, a lot of times we just chill. We hang out. We take it easy. But man, I'm believing we're going to go pedal to the floor and end this year, end this season strong. Do you guys agree? Come on. We're going to talk about how to do that today. Uh, if you're taking notes, which I encourage you to do, uh, I, t- I like taking notes on my phone. My, my, the notes app on my phone is full of notes in church. Uh, I love uh, my paper and my pen as well. Uh, my pastor, Pastor Mark, always used to tell me this growing up. He's like, hey, if you take notes in church, you will marry way out of your league. I don't know how theologically true that is, but it's working out for me. So... I would encourage you take some notes, uh, write it down. Uh, paper does not forget. So let's write some notes. And the title of our talk today, you can write this down, is an attitude of trust. An attitude of trust. Come on, write that down. An attitude of trust. Someone say trust. An attitude of trust. So in your Bibles, we're going to read a story out of John chapter 2. And in this story, I'll tee it up for you. It's, it's, it's a story about a party at a wedding. So Jesus and his disciples are at this wedding. Jesus' mama is at this wedding. And uh, they're running out of wine. So this party is going to go south real quick. Uh, uh, all, all the wine is gone. Uh, the party's dying down. They don't know what to do. Uh, but We're going to pick up this story right here uh, at this party. So let's read in John chapter 2 in verse 1. It says this, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, come on, the people working at the party, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, there were a set of six water pots of stone, stone water pots, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Come on, these sound heavy. Uh, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And then he said to them, draw some out now, take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, come on, but the servants knew where they had drawn the water. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. He called them over and he said to him, every man, come on, every party I've ever catered, every wedding I've ever been a part of, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have all well drunk, then the inferior, but you, you have kept the good wine until now, the good wine until now. Attitude of trust. Can we go ahead and get started? Come on, close your eyes. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for everybody even watching online. God, we thank you so much for today. God, we pray that there will be open heavens over this place. God, we want direct direct access to your voice and to what you're speaking to us. God, we pray uh, even against any type of stress that would be in the tent, any type of anxiety from people watching online, any type of worry. God, we exchange that at your feet. We leave it at your feet. And God, we exchange it for your peace. God, for your, your best plan. God, your comfort and your faithfulness. We love you so much. Let us leave today 
better than when we came. In your name we pray. Come on, someone said. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, before we get started, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Again, my name's Joel. Uh, if we haven't met, uh, I am here every Sunday, but I'm usually hanging out in the back uh, with my crew in the media booth. So if you haven't seen me, uh, I've seen you. I'm just looking at the back of your head every Sunday. So it's, it's nice to see your faces. You guys look even better from this side, I promise you. Uh, but uh, uh, my wife and I were a part of this church. We moved down here with Pastor Mark and Rochelle uh, from Idaho. If those of you that didn't know, my wife is the beautiful Mel who is leading our band today. She's incredible. Come on, you can give her a big hand clap. I just love you so much. Listen, she's amazing at everything. She's a phenomenal worship leader. She writes songs. She's a great singer. She's a wonderful mom to our four-year-old. Come on, we have the cutest little girl uh, on the planet. She looks just like her mom, thank God. But she does all things well. She's a teacher, a preacher, a creative, an artist. And I have a great personality. That's what I'm bringing to the table. Come on, we're, we're a 10 out of 10 couple. She's just 9.9 .9 and I'm 0.1, right? But I love my wife so much. In a couple of months, we'll be celebrating our seven-year wedding anniversary. It's awesome. I, I just love her so much. My wife, uh, this happens, not, this, this really does happen often, but she is so out of my league that when we go to restaurants, the server will inevitably ask, hey, is this on one check or two? All the time. I'm like, come on, do you not see the ring? Like... This isn't a charity event. Like, this is my wife. We like hanging out together. Well, we're at, we're at the grocery store buying groceries, and the clerk on the counter, he looks at both of us and grabs one of those little plastic things and puts it right in between our groceries. It's like, there's no way. There's no way you two are together. But hey, she's, a, she's, a, she's my street cred, right? She, she gives some flavor in my life. I'm like mayonnaise, and she's sriracha. So, we go well together. I've never had sriracha, so I don't know. Um, I, uh, I, come, I come from a big family. Uh, I mean, like, my big family makes the Bristos look like a normal family. But I'm the oldest of eight kids, nine kids. Oh, my gosh, I lose track of them. I have eight brothers and sisters. They're all younger than me. My parents are incredible. I know, it's hush in here. Your jaws like hit the floor. Like what on earth? What is wrong with them? My parents are incredible people. They've adopted several kids out of foster care. They're just amazing. Uh, I had incredible parents growing up. But growing up in a big house like that is wild. It is, it is unbelievable. It's, it was so much fun. Uh, my youngest brother, he's 11, so there's a big age gap between all of us. Uh, all of us kids jammed in there. My mom, she's so ambitious. Uh, she wanted to homeschool all of us. You're practically starting an entire K through 12 just with the kids in your house, right? And I, I didn't always do so well in school, so she thought this would be a better alternative. I was kicked out of my junior high, uh, kicked out of my high school, but it's so funny how God uh, turns things around because uh, now I, I speak for a living. I, I teach our OC college. I'm an educator for high school kids. And, man, praise God that he takes things that maybe we're weak in and he infuses strength and gives you a plan and a purpose for it. So my mom, my mom's so ambitious, she wanted to, to homeschool us. And homeschooling was fine, but it's, I promise you, it's not like being homeschooled in Orange County. Where I grew up in Idaho, if you're homeschooled, you're a little isolated. You're cut off from the big bad world. 
in Orange County, at least you have, you know, friends. <laughs> Prom was always awkward because the cutest girl at my school is uh, my sister. <laughs> I didn't participate. I love my mom. She's, she's incredible. Um, she, she's doing a great job. I'm turning out okay, and uh, it goes down from there. I'm just joking. Uh, when my family visits, though, I mean, attendance at Ocean Church doubles, so that's, it's awesome. It's a plus. Uh, so Mel and I, we, we, we grew up in Idaho. We're both originally from California. I was born here. I, I moved there when I was very young. So I grew up in Idaho, but that's, that's where we met. That's where we fell in love. That's where I convinced her. I tricked her into marrying me. I told her I was rich, and no, I'm just joking. But uh, that's where we fell in love. That's where our baby was born. That's where we uh, got the call of God for us for ministry. And that was the place that I felt like I was going to live for the rest of my life. But God is so funny and had other plans for us. And when God called us to move across the country to California to help start Ocean Church with Pastor Mark and Rochelle, it felt like that doesn't make sense on paper. I had a great job, right? Uh, I, I was, we were volunteering at the church. I had a great career outside of the church. Come on, I had a house with three whole bedrooms. Just stuff you can't get in Orange County. And uh, you know, I was paying a nickel in rent. It's just amazing. Uh, but on paper, it, it didn't make sense. Hey, you're going to move across the country. But I knew right away when Pastor Mark and Michelle first told us about the vision of Ocean Church in the early days, my heart leapt and it wasn't, hey, when are you going? It's, hey, when are we going? Yeah. That's something that God has called us to be a part of and something I want to do. But it's always funny how every season in my life, every moment in my life, when God asks me to do something, it feels like sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like in this story of the water and the wine, they ran out of wine and Jesus says, take a cup of water. That's counterintuitive. That doesn't make sense. Like, hey, Jesus, we didn't run out of water. We're fine on water, right? We ran out of wine. So picturing yourself in this story, uh, let me ask you a question. Has anyone ever worked at a restaurant? Have you, have you ever done time too? Okay. So you worked at a restaurant. I think everybody needs to work at a restaurant because it will give you a perspective on the most underappreciated people, come on, on the planet. Yeah, let's give it up. Working at a restaurant is so funny. But there's one thing about a restaurant is that when your shift is over, you are done. You want to get out of there. I don't got time for anything else. Uh, so picture yourself at this wedding. These servants, right? These servers are working the wedding. Uh, you know, the receptions, uh, you know, in, in Canaan and Galilee. And really the, the only restaurant there that could hold all of them, you know, was the Olive Garden of Galilee. So they're, they're there at Olive Garden. Come on, because when you're here, you're family. But you're, they're there at the Olive Garden. These guys are done. The wine is running out. And uh, there's this lady, come on, Jesus' mama, she doesn't work there. She's not a part of the wedding. They're done at the end of their shift. They're rolling silverware. They're trying to get home, right? The tips are drying up because the wine's gone. We ran out of wine at the Olive Garden. And so this lady comes up and says, hey, whatever he says for you to do, do it. Yeah. Excuse me, who are you? <laughs> and who's this hippie guy that's following you around? No, I'm not going to... What, why would I do that? Well, it's counterintuitive. But for the servers, there was something about this man that said, man, I'm, I'm going to have an attitude of 
trust. We're going to trust this guy. Okay, so they take these big stone pots. These things are huge. And, uh, you know, let's go ahead. Sure, uh, it's been the end of a long shift. Let's fill these things with water. That sounds easy. And so they fill up these giant pots of water. And if you do the math, it's about, they say, anywhere from 120 to 150 gallons worth of water in stone pots. No, thank you. Come on. And they, they fill up these pots and they bring them back. But they knew, the only thing that they knew was that they were told to trust this man. And Jesus doesn't even give them a solution. He doesn't turn it into wine in front of them and hand them wine. They said they dipped their cups in the water. And he says, take this water to the master of the feast, right? Take this water to your boss and tell him, well, he doesn't really say, tell him nothing. Give him this water. This sounds ridiculous, okay? I'm not going to walk to my boss and look like an idiot. I'm supposed to be rolling silverware. I'm supposed to be wrapping up the dishes. I'm supposed to be checking out, claiming my cash tips, right? I'm supposed to be getting out of here, and what's-her-face is telling me to follow what's-his-face and just do whatever he asks me to do. So they dip their cup in the water, and they take it, they take it to this guy. Now, sometimes in our own lives, maybe you thought that this year kind of felt that way. Maybe you had plans. Maybe you had goals. But the promise, right, the promise of the wine, it ran out, and you feel like you came up short. And when we pray about it, we ask Jesus about it. He's not giving us a solution. He gave me a cup of water. What am I supposed to do with that? But he gives them a cup of water and he asks them to do something. He says, keep walking and trust me. He says, keep walking and trust me. Come on, say keep walking. Come on, that's all Jesus asks them to do. That's the only instructions that they get is to keep walking and to trust him. Keep walking and to trust him. Well, maybe you're in a spot right now, whether it's the end of 2020, maybe you got beat up in your business. Maybe you got beat up in your health. Maybe this, this year has stressed you out to the nth degree. Maybe you found yourself uh, in a place that we didn't think we would be by the end of the year. Maybe you're in a good place, but God's asking you to get outside of your comfort zone and do something uh, extraordinary for him. No matter where you're at, when Jesus looks at you and asks you to keep walking, it's not always easy. It doesn't always make sense. So I want to uh, empower you guys. I want to equip you because I don't want to just inspire you today and kick you off into 2021. But how do we do that? How do we keep walking? When I leave here and then Monday starts, how do I keep walking? Well, I'm going to give you uh, three points that you can write down in your notes. And number one, when you ask yourself, how do I keep walking? Number one is you pray. Come on, you pray. Come on, nod your head. Yes, that's good. Yeah, we pray. What is prayer? Prayer is easy. It's simply talking to God. There's no secret words or access codes that you need to get God's attention. Prayer is as easy as me talking to you. It's as easy as you talking to your best friend. Letting him know like, hey, this is really rough right now. I don't know what direction to go in my business. I don't know where to take my family. I don't know if we're supposed to move, if we're supposed to stay, if we're supposed to plant roots in this church or, or do something else. But I don't know what we're supposed to do. God can handle your prayers. You know, God can handle your prayers when we're angry. God can handle your bad attitude, right? God can handle you not knowing what to do next. Well, I was reading the book of Job this week, and it's, it's so funny because Job goes through everything. He goes through hell. He loses it all, and he asks God. He says, God, you need to speak to me directly. Why did this happen to me? And God is so funny because he doesn't answer Job. He says, you just got to trust me. 
You just got to trust me. God can handle Job's anger. God, Job was accusing God of abandoning him. He was accusing God of leaving him dry, high and dry. But God just says, hey, you need to trust me. Because we know at the end of the story, because God has infinite perspective, that at the end of Job's life, he was more blessed. He was more favored. Come on. He received everything back that he lost. And God just simply said, you just got to trust me. You got to trust me. You got to trust me. So number one is pray. Come on, in Luke uh, 18, there's a story. It's one of my favorite stories. Come on, I say this about every story of Jesus. One of my favorite stories. Uh, there's a blind man in Luke 18, and he's sitting on the side of the road. He's a beggar, right? And he's a blind beggar. He's asking people for money, and he hears rumblings that Jesus of Nazareth is coming this way. And so what does he do? Instantly, without hesitation, he lifts up his voice. He begins to talk to Jesus. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Come on, he's praying. He's praying to Jesus in person. He's reaching out and asking God a simple prayer of have mercy. That's all God needs, yeah. right? Have mercy on me. The friend group that was around him, they try to, they try to hush him up. They say, hey, so, settle down, right? You're, you're embarrassing us. Jesus is coming this way. And what does he do? He yells all the louder. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And that got Jesus' attention. Come on, sometimes that first time isn't enough. Sometimes you need to press through and pray again. And again, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. It says to con keep continued prayers. And that second prayer, he got all the louder. It got Jesus' attention. And Jesus healed this man. He gave him his sight back. Come on, have you lost your sight in 2020? Reach out, ask God. Say, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Come on, be careful who you surround yourself with because if he had listened to the people that were around him and said, hey, stop, that's too hard. God doesn't take care of that. Jesus won't answer you. He never would have experienced getting his sight back. Pray, come on, number one is pray. Say pray. pray. Number two, you guys ready? Number two, I want you to write this down. Write down posture. Come on, I'm gonna do a pastor remark today. I'm gonna give you three, three uh, P words. Prayer and then the second is posture. What is posture? It's really, it's, it's posture. It's, it's positioning yourself. Posture is really an attitude, right? So uh, posture is having a positive attitude or positioning yourself to really finish 2020 strong. In the Bible, there were four friends and they took their fifth friend who was lame at birth. He couldn't walk and they took him to see Jesus. And they pick him up on the mat, and they show up to the house that, that Jesus is meeting in. Come on, they had heard about this guy. This is the guy that heals blind eyes. This is the guy that turned water into wine. This is the guy we need to go see. And so they pick up their friend. They walk to this house, and they show up a little bit late. Come on, understandably, they're bringing their friend around on a mat. So they show up a little bit late. They peek in the window. House is packed. House is packed. They can't get in. They go to the front door. The house is packed. They can't get in. And what do they do? They don't give up there. Come on. What do we say with prayer? It takes maybe not the first time, maybe not the second time, but it's their persistence. They decide to posture or position themselves to a new location. They say, hey, if we can't get through the window, if we can't get through the front door, we're going on the roof. And when they got on the roof, it didn't end there. There was no skylight. There was no access through the roof. There was no extra staircase or fire escape. They had to get on their hands and knees, punch through some clay and rip a hole open in this thing because they knew if we can just get our friend in a position around Jesus, he's going to heal him. 
Come on, sometimes God is asking you to position yourself in a place where the people around you can experience Jesus. It's not always just about us. It's about your family. It's about your coworkers. It's about your kids and your neighbors and the people around you. Come on, they, per, they position themselves in a place where they lowered their friend. And the Bible story says that Jesus looked at the friend and then he looked up through the new, uh, the new skylight, free construction, right? They looked, he looked up to the skylight. And he said, your friend's faith has made you well. Come on, God is going to give you big faith to end 2020. There's going to be people around you that are depending on you to carry them to Jesus. It says your friend's faith has made you well. Your friend's faith has made you well. Number three, you guys ready for number three? Number three, this is, this is my favorite one. Number three is prepare. Prepare, write down prepare. Come on, say it out loud, say prepare. What does prepare mean? It just means to be ready. Come on, tap somebody. Say, be ready. ready. Tap them again. Say, be ready. ready. Don't misplace your cup when the jars are full. Come on, don't misplace your cup when the jars are full. And Jesus says, scoop it out and take it to the headmaster. Take it to the master of the feast. Because if we're not ready, sometimes we miss out on what God is calling us to do. He says, hey, scoop up this water and walk it. Well, if, if we're not ready, we never experience the miracle of turning water into wine. We're never going to experience what God is doing. And if you ever thought about this, man, Jesus could have walked it over himself, but I love that he chose to involve you and I. Say, hey, here's a cup of water. Walk it out with me. Come on, when you have that attitude of trust, when you're prayed up, come on, when you've positioned yourself and postured yourself to be near Jesus, and then you feel prepared, Man, God can do great things in and through your life, in and through your life. Well, there's a funny story um, about uh, uh, being prepared. It's, uh, uh, I heard this story. It's uh, Hulk Hogan in the early 90s when he retired from wrestling. He's talking, <laughs> let's go, Sean Stoked, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> finally, he says, now we're preaching some good messages around here. So Hulk Hogan, he, he retires in the, in the 90s, and he's talking to his agent. He retires from wrestling, and he's trying to set himself up for a post-wrestling career to get some income, generate some money. And he's asking his agent, hey, find, a, find like an endorsement for me. Come on, let's, let's work on something together to make some extra money. And the agent's like, all right, you got, I, I have, this is great. you got to get into, okay, listen to this, kitchen appliances. They're all the rage everyone's just getting in on kitchen appliances. And so Hulk's like, all right, you know, go ahead, uh, you know, look into it for me. And uh, he gets a phone call from his agent, but uh, Hulk Hogan was out of his house and he misses a phone call. This is a true story. And on the answering machine, his agent says, hey, uh, Hulk, I, I got a deal for you. It's an endorsement deal, uh, kitchen appliances. Uh, they have two appliances available, and I want you to pick one. I want you to pick the, the best one, whichever one you want. You're my guy. I called you first. Like, the first one is a battery-powered blender. Be the Hulkamania blender. It's going to be awesome. It's like, okay. He's listening to the message. He's like, the second one is a, is a little grill that, that you can plug into your wall, and it, it like fits on your counter. It's really portable. Uh, people are going to go nuts for it, right? It's, it's going to be awesome. So, hey, pick one. I wanted you to have first crack at it. If I don't hear from you, I'm going to call my other client, George Foreman, and see which one he wants. Come on. If we're not prepared, opportunity is not going to wait for those who are not ready. 
Well, you've never heard of the Hulkamania electric blender, but we all know what the George Foreman grill is, right? Come on, about a half a billion dollars in sales later, he was wishing he did not miss out on that phone call. So being prepared, being prepared. Come on, opportunity wastes no time if we're unprepared. The band can come up. We're, we're almost finished. I'm going to pray for you uh, in a second, and then we're going to sing a song. And uh, like I said earlier, I believe that we are going to leave this place. Come on, we are going to log off from watching online in a better place than we've been, been in before. There's a Bible, another Bible story uh, about Samuel and Eli. And Samuel's a young, a young man. He's living with his rabbi, Eli. And Samuel hears the voice of God when he's sleeping. He says, Samuel, Samuel. So he gets up. He runs to his rabbi. And he says, hey, you called me? Rabbi's like, no, 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 no. Eli says, no, go back to bed. That wasn't me. Uh, you're hearing stuff or you're, you're crazy, whatever. So then he goes back to bed. He hears the voice a second time, Samuel. So Samuel jumps up. He runs to Eli, right? And he says, no, that's not me. Go, go back to bed. And the third time, again and again, he keeps hearing this voice. Finally, Eli says, hey, okay, he's perceived that this must be the voice of God. So he gives Samuel some great advice. He says, hey, go back to your room. I want you to pray and ask God. Say, God, your servant's listening. If you speak to me again, I'm ready. So what did he do? Come on, he prayed. He postured himself. And then he prepared himself to hear from God. And God's so great. He's so generous because God comes again, gives him another chance and speaks to him. And he hears the voice of God. And maybe you're in here and you feel like, man, I missed out on my chance. God has called me over and over and I didn't realize it was the voice of God or I didn't recognize that it was him that was asking me to step out. It was him that was asking me to start that business. It was him that was asking me to give him my relationship status. It was him that was asking me to trust him. But God's so good because not only has he got a second chance, he's got a third chances, fourth chances, hundredth chances. Come on. Anybody like me, you need about a couple thousand chances. Man, God is so good that he gives us another opportunity to prepare ourselves to be ready for all that he has for us. Because when we take this cup and we scoop it in water and he says, I need you to walk over there because that's, that's where the miracle is going to be fulfilled. That's where the promise is right there. And when we begin to walk, if we're unprepared, maybe we miss out on the initial ask in the first place. But Jesus is so good. He comes to us again and again and says, no, 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 grab your cup. Come on. We're going to do this together. Well, Jesus, you could just do it on your own. Yeah, but I want to get you involved. You're a part of my plan. And here's the cool thing about Jesus is he didn't even take the credit for this miracle. The credit goes to the bridegroom who has no idea what's going on. The headmaster says, hey, come over here. You're a genius. It's like, I am. The wine, usually this wine is reserved for the beginning of the feast. Then when everybody gets a little loose, they bring out the cheap stuff. But you... Man, you're not like anybody else. You bring out the good stuff at the end. And that's only possible with our partnership with Jesus. It's only possible with our partnership with Jesus. And we begin to walk and say, God, you told me that 2020 was going to be this way, but I feel like it's looking like a cup of water. 
You told me my relationship was going to be here, but it still looks like a cup of water. You told me my kids, you told me my business, you told me my health was going to be here, but it just looks like a cup of water. And all Jesus is asking you to do is just keep walking and keep trusting and keep believing. Because as we walk, as we finish strong, as we put our full attitude of trust in him, he is faithful to turn water into wine man he's the one that turns anxiety into peace he's the one that turns chaos into clarity he turns a bad report into a blessing he turns curses into something good jesus is the miracle worker and he's the one maybe you're in your walk and you started well you picked up the water and you began to walk but somewhere along the way you froze this is my story. I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Christian household. I, my parents loved Jesus. I was in a great church. But like, like Peter, I, I denied Jesus for no other reason other than the fact that I lost my trust in him. I thought I wanted to do my own thing. I hung out with whoever I wanted to hang out with. We did whatever we wanted to do. And I, I felt like I started well, but I didn't end strong. But Jesus is so good. Because he just says to keep walking keep walking. Maybe sometimes we feel like we even took a step back. Jesus says, no, 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 today you're going to keep walking. You're going to keep praying. You're going to keep believing. You're going to keep walking into the goodness and the grace that Jesus has for us. When we walk our walk with Jesus, come on, there's, there's steps that need to take place. There's a consistency, but my consistency is not dictated by my circumstances. We can't look at the people on our left and our right. We can't be the blind person on the side of the road listening to the people around us try to try to hush us and say, be quiet. Don't bother Jesus. Don't, don't draw attention to your failures. Don't draw attention to your shortcomings. Because with, with, when we look at the people around us, when we look at our circumstances, our consistency gets off. The steps stop. We don't make it across the party. We don't want to look like a fool in front of everybody. We don't want to put our full open hand trust into Jesus. But he says, pray all the louder. Yell all the more. Trust even harder. Because at the end of it, come on, we're going to finish stronger than when we started. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.